Hello and welcome to The Sound Architect. I am Sam Hughes and I'm joined by the wonderfully talented Laura Bailey. Thanks for joining us, Laura. Hello, hello. And we're going to be talking about her career as a fantastic voice artist. Now, let's start with the origin story. How did your journey into voice acting begin? Um, it actually started in Texas. I was uh, I was studying theater in college and I was doing a, a local play in town and um one of the guys that was in the show with me was doing voices for Dragon Ball Z. And um, Funimation had just recently come down to uh, Texas from Canada, so they were kind of looking for voice actors at the time. They didn't have a large pool yet. And um, he asked if I would come in an audition, and I did, and I ended up getting the part of Kid Trunks through a, a few different auditions. And um, it just took off from there. That's fantastic. Yeah. What happened after that? I mean, you've done so many roles now. Did it just go from, from role to role? And it, it kind of did. I, you know, I, I studied for the next couple of years and I kept doing voiceover. I was like fresh out of high school. So everything was new and exciting. <laughs> um, and then I did one video game in Texas. It was a uh, blood rain. Oh, nice. That was the first one I ever did. And, uh, and I was still doing some on-camera work and just kind of sinking my teeth into it. And then about eight years ago, I guess, I moved um, I moved out here to California. And ever since then, I just kind of solely focused on voiceover. And it's just taken off since then because there's just so much, so much stuff being made out here, you know? Oh, yeah, there must be loads. Yeah, it's great. What made you decide on voice acting as a career? You know, I I didn't realize I wanted to do that until until I got out here. I didn't realize that's what I wanted to focus on solely. Right. But there just comes a point auditioning for a lot of on-camera stuff. It it's really it can be a grind, you know. You go into yeah. the auditions and everybody in that room looks identical to you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you walk into the audition room and everybody's judging you so hard and it just it, it made me really depressed and it made me um my self-esteem was really low about everything and um voiceover is just so welcoming and happy and the community is so nice to each other you know if you know of a part that would be great for somebody you you tell them about it and it does seem really friendly compared to yeah, a lot of other really industries is, it really is and and, and and you know if you got a part or if you didn't get a part it's because of what you did in the audition and it's because of your sound and and your ability and it doesn't have anything to do with your you know your boobs weren't big enough or, <laughs> Or something like that. Would you say there was a particular moment that was your biggest turning point in your career? Uh, I mean, oh gosh. <laughs> a tough one, I know. It is. It is a tough one. I, it would probably be my my move out here, I guess. Yeah, it would probably be my move out to California because that's when I realized that voiceover specifically is what I wanted to do. And that's kind of the hot spot in California, I suppose, isn't it? Where everyone yeah, can... well, you know, it's funny. I moved out here thinking what I wanted to pursue was film. And it just the cards just aligned in the right way and my whole life has changed because of, of voiceover for the better surely yeah definitely and you must get asked this a lot i mean you've played so many characters and personally some of my favorites are for example fetch and helena harper and even angela miller from degeneration oh, wow. but i mean you, do you have any favorites to play or a type that you love to play I always like playing uh, the anti-heroes, you know, the, the Vegeta-type characters, just because it's so much fun. You always get the uh, the really snarky lines, which are the most fun to deliver. Yeah, those are, those are my favorite. And not the villain specifically, because I like to, to stick around and actually be the good guy, but I like to have the snarky lines. Kind of rogue type heroes that are a bit sarcastic. Definitely. 
definitely. That's that's why I loved Fetch so much because she was <laughs> she she was such a funny character to play. The the boss in Saints Row. That's another character that's great because you get to be a jerk but also be the hero. Oh yeah, they're awesome. I have to admit, Saints Row was some of the funniest lines I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> the writing in that game is some of the best I've ever come across. That and uh, Tales from the Borderlands that I'm working on now, the writing in that is phenomenal. How's that going? Oh, it's so good. It's so fun. <laughs> I love it. The fourth episode just came out, and um, I think I have my final recording session for episode five in about a week. So, How many episodes are they doing overall? Five. So I'm about to finish the, the season. So You'll be sorry to see it go, I'm sure. I will be so sad. It's one of the most fun characters I've ever done. What's been your favorite moment so far on it? You know, I what I love the most about that is that they um they let you play around and they kind of embrace the imperfections in in the recording sessions. There was one part, it wasn't me, it was Troy. He uh he burped in the middle of his line <laughs> and it and they ended up keeping it because they thought it was so funny and ended up reanimating the entire scene and rewriting part of the scene just to incorporate the awkward midline burp. And it was just so perfect. I just love that they, they do things like that. That's awesome. And you've worked with Troy Baker quite a lot, haven't you? What's it like with yeah. Troy? I, I've known Troy for years. I've known Troy since we both lived back in Texas. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, I can't even believe the amount of projects we've worked together on. I did read a little something about Saints Row 3 and Saints Row 4, about trying to keep up with pacing in lines and how you got revenge <laughs> on him in Saints Row 4. Is that right? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit more about that? Well, yeah, he, okay, so Troy is one of the best actors that I know. And so in Saints Row the third, he went in and recorded all of his boss lines first. So all of the other bosses had to record after him and match his timing for all of the cinematic sequences. Right. Which can be really difficult. I feel horrible for the people that had accents because that is way more difficult. But he would, he speaks very differently than other people do. So, <laughs> you know, the lines can be really simple and you're just saying, hey, how are you? And he adds all these, uh, uh, hey, oh, how, how are you doing today? And he does these weird things and you have to match that with your read. And everybody wanted to punch him in the face because <laughs> it's very difficult. And um, so in Saints Row 4, I was the one that laid down all of the default audio and he had to match my stuff. So I purposefully talked as weird and fast and strange as possible just to make him suffer as much as I had. That's and awesome. all of the other poor bosses had to suffer the consequences as well. But <laughs> <laughs> So what, what kind of thing did you say to them? How did you do it to kind of throw him off? Oh, I just, I would just talk really fast. I just purposefully made my timing kind of weird in a lot of places and, and would ad lib a lot of the lines. So he would have to match that too. Yeah, that's brilliant. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He hated me. He he was texting me. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> so it was very much worth it. Very rewarding then. Just yes, it was. smiling, uh, reading your text messages. <laughs> so is there a voice that you haven't performed that you'd love to? Oh, man. Like a voice type? Yeah, I guess so. Or maybe a specific character. I mean, you've done so many that it's isn't many less. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, I, I practiced. Oh, it's terrible. And I'm ne not going to do this for you. But, oh, um, come on. You have I, to I now. Like, no, no, no. It's terrible. <laughs> People like Dee Bradley Baker, who can make phenomenal creature noises and monster sounds. And he's kind of like one of the go-to guys. There's only a few in town that can really do those kind of things. And women don't really do a lot of creature noises just because... 
the men have the market on that. People don't even think about women as somebody that could do creature noises. Yeah, they usually get brought into things like banshees and, and stereotypical exactly. stuff, don't they? Yeah. So, um, you know, that'd be cool if eventually I'd be able to pull off some stuff like that. But, you know, those guys have been practicing those sounds in their bedrooms in front of mirrors for years. So it, <laughs> it takes a while. So what kind of creatures have you been practicing? <laughs> well, you always like, you know, I'm glad you can't see me right now. You're always like shaking <laughs> your fingers in your mouth in weird ways and just kind of shoving your nose around and seeing what kind of sounds you can create and going, what would that be if you like visualize what that sound was? Our dog has definitely gotten used to us uh, walking around the house, just talking in strange voices. He doesn't even care anymore. Back when I first got him, he used to tilt his head all the time. Now he just looks at me like, oh, okay, mom. Is there anyone you would say has inspired you the most throughout your career? Yeah, well, before I really started voice acting more and more, I, I played video games like crazy. Um, and so Jen Hale, I was a huge fan of her before I ever met her, um, just because of her work in Mass Effect. Honestly, playing playing Mass Effect and playing Dragon Age, I always talk about Bioware as one of my absolute favorite companies. I think they do amazing work. And when I played through those games, I feel like it really changed my approach to voice acting. And I started getting a lot more work after I had played those games because they, they're so cinematic in their deliveries. It's not up until that point, I had kind of had this idea that voice acting was, it was more over the top. It was more animated all the time. And some of the stuff that I do is still that. Yes. But so much of video game work now is subtle and theatrical. And, yeah, those games really shaped my view of it. And so Jen Hale was one of the, the people that, that made me realize, oh, this is what it can be, you know? Yeah, and it's been – I mean, she's done so many fantastic performances, but she was really hailed as the best voice in, in Mass Effect overall. She's phenomenal. Have you worked with Jennifer Hale? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's one of my good friends now, thankfully. <laughs> She got pretty hard when I met her the first time. We were, I think, skiing up at Big Bear Mountain. And uh, she's also an amazing skier slash rock climber slash all things athletic. She's, like, killer at everything. And uh, so she was teaching me how to ski. And, yeah, it's great. Well, how did you end up, if you don't mind me asking, how did you end up skiing with Jennifer Hale? (laughs) I was skiing with some friends that were friends of hers. And she's up there all the time because... She loves the outdoors. And um, so she swung by our cabin to say hi to them. And I ended up in a long conversation with her, and she found out I didn't really know how to ski. So she's like, I will teach you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was wonderful. She also taught me how to rock climb. She's an amazing coach. Oh, nice one. Yeah. So what was it like finally meeting someone who had inspired you so much? Did you get to ask a lot of questions about how it had been in Mass Effect and and learned a lot from her? You know, I tried to play it pretty cool. I didn't want to let her know how (laughs) big of a fan I was. So I didn't dive too too deep down into the the well. But um, I did tell her that she had affected me, you know, so much and... And I asked if she realized what she had done for the community. And I, I asked if she realized how amazing her work had been in that game. And she she honestly was very humble about it. She had no idea that it was so, I mean, she had gotten fan response, but I think to see it face to face from like another person that was pursuing the same thing, it's just interesting to see. Because she's, she, I don't think she was a gamer at the time, so she hadn't really played through anything. And it's hard because 
if you're doing voice work for cartoons or for movies, you can watch it. And this was before really a lot of the cutscenes were uploaded onto YouTube and stuff. So back then you couldn't, if you couldn't beat the level, you couldn't see what you did, you know? <laughs> yeah. How does it feel to be one of those people now who do influence voice actors like myself and have done a lot for the community? How does it feel to be on that side of things? It, it feels crazy and intimidating, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah. Anytime I, I go do an appearance or anything, I'm always very nervous that I'm going to disappoint people, which I don't know. I guess that's that's normal to feel that way. But yeah, because I know what it's like to be on the other side of it, being a gamer myself. So I just want to do a, a good job for the players and I want people to have an enjoyable experience. And yeah, I think that's the most awesome answer you could give to that question, really, isn't it? <laughs> but it's great that you came from a video game background as well. That must have really helped the way you looked at a lot of roles yeah it does it's actually a blessing and a curse because a lot of the times the games that i work on i get so many spoilers while i'm working on them that i can't play them afterwards so yeah i i grew up playing video games my dad um, was a computer engineer so i grew up on all the uh, sierra games loved king's quest and quest for glory and the laura bow mysteries and actually jen hale was one of the first voice actors i ever noticed in quest for glory she played katrina in um Shadows of Darkness. So do you have a favorite video game? Of all time? Ever, of all time. Ever, ever. ever. <gasps> probably Dragon Age, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I put a lot of hours into Skyrim as well. I, I think it's impossible not to put a lot of hours into Skyrim, isn't it? Right. <laughs> I think I was around 170 when That's I... So far. <laughs> yeah, so far, exactly. I haven't played more for sure. So throughout your career, would you say there's been a moment that was most challenging, aside from keeping up with Troy Baker's lines, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, man, that's hard because because things can be difficult in different ways when yeah. you're acting. Like sometimes, you know, it's the vocal stress that's difficult and it takes like a mental toll after a couple hours. So voices like I, like I lost my voice just in the callbacks for Kid Trunks. Some of the early stuff I did was actually the most difficult just because it would Funimation. I think it's kind of like boot camp for voice acting. Oh, okay. So we would record for like eight hours at a time doing Dragon Ball Z, and it was incredibly vocally stressful. So very intense. Yeah, it, it was it was difficult. So I feel like it actually built up my stamina for for what I do now. So um, that helped. I think probably some of the hardest stuff I ever did is is actually on the mocap stage, like stuff I did for um for Fetch in First okay. Light were some of the most difficult scenes I've worked on because. Just a, the emotional toll. Yeah, why so? Did you play? Did you play First Light? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So the scenes, you know, with Brent were really difficult, and it's hard to just jump into that. And I mean, you deal with that in in film as well. But it's it's hard on a stage because you don't have all of the physical things around you to to give you the emotional cues to get you to the place that you need to be. You know, we're in spandex outfits. We've got (laughs) giant antlers coming off of our face. And so you've got like a camera one foot in front of your face with lights blinding you from it. So you've got to mentally like separate yourself from, from what, position you're in and put yourself so your imagination has to be pretty strong on a mocap stage but do you tap into your emotions as an actor or do you do you have to kind of do anything special when working in mocap you you know it's it's just kind of the same process that you go through with film or theater or anything like that it's the same whatever the actor would do 
for that process, you do on a mocap stage as well. And everybody works differently, obviously. Yeah, with me, I just find it's pretty much the same process. It's just it takes a little bit more separation. I think it's one of the hardest things, really, mocap. It really interests me because it really is the basics of acting. Because, I mean, even in theatre or film, you've got props and things. And we do get props. We do get props. And we get general sets. But for the most part, you're in a big white room with gray blocks around you. And everyone's in the same outfit as well. And everyone's in the same <laughs> Exactly. Looking snazzy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it can be hard because a lot of people will come from film work and on camera, you can be incredibly subtle and the camera picks it up. And it's this amazing thing that almost if you think something, it's going to show up, right? Yeah. Just the, the change in your eyes and it, it can be brilliant work. But then on a mocap stage, the technology isn't there yet to read those nuanced of a performance. So the subtleties have to be magnified. It's a mix between working on a stage for theater um, and doing also film work because your body motions have to be a little amplified, but the emotions have to be as present as they are in a in a in a film. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, like you say, the subtleties are the the important part. You know, trying to get that through with your voice and and your movement must be so difficult to think about everything at once. Yeah, but actually, I I enjoy doing mocap so much because you get to put your own flair on the performance. I love voice acting, don't get me wrong, but it can be confining when the movements are already there and you're just providing the sound for it. With motion capture, when it's completely encapsulated, you know, you're just lending a full performance, and that's why we call it performance capture, I guess. Especially when you're playing those rogue types that you like, they get to be a bit sassy and you get to put your own yeah. flair on the movements, right? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> So, I mean, I, obviously Fetch was one of my favorite characters, like I said before, and, you know, I'm interested in the experience. What, was there a favorite moment on Infamous First Light? On Infamous First Light, probably the Brent scene was my favorite, even though it was the hardest. Yeah. Because it's very rare in, in interactive work that you get to do things that connect with you so, so much and that go that deep. So, yeah, it was it was a blessing to get to play such a well-rounded character in such a well-written scene. And did you feel quite connected to Fetch? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, from the get-go in Second Son, when, when I was cast as a character, well, my husband was cast as Reggie, and Troy was cast as Delson. So they had been cast already, and I knew they were going to be working on it. So when I went into audition, I was... I wanted the part so bad because I wanted to get to work with both of them again. And uh, luckily I got the part and Sucker Punch actually brought us up to Seattle and we did kind of like a workshop thing where we worked through some scenes and they talked to us about the characters and it was really, really cool that they brought us on so early to define what those characters were going to become. Yeah. It must be nice when they do that. Yeah. And I really feel Sucker Punch is a really great company. I feel like they're, they're one of the first companies to really do that that and uh, naughty dog is really big on on involving the actors right away and what do you what do you feel these characters are and i feel like more and more are starting to do that as well but yeah so i was instantly connected to fetch just because i helped define everything that she was going to become so first light was incredibly special because they hadn't decided they were going to do a dlc or a, a game for her it wasn't until the game came out second son came out and they realized how many people connected with fetch personally that they decided to to do a game of hers oh wow that's nice yeah we've spoken about the challenges i suppose of, of voice acting and let's talk about the good moments what's the best part of being a voice actor the best part of being a voice actor is that you can be anything you can imagine you know i can play a little boy or a sultry character or one of those sarcastic rogues or anything and, and it's not limited it's 
it's so freeing. Yeah, I love that I can go from a morning session and be playing Black Widow to an afternoon session and I'm, you know, zany, crazy Fiona goofing around or, you know, being the boss in Saints Row or something. And it's it's just all over the place all the time. It never feels like work. It always feels like I can't believe I'm actually getting to do this for a living. <laughs> well, it definitely is a dream job, isn't it, really? Yeah, it really is. It's obviously a dream job to a lot of people, myself included. But there must be some things that maybe aspiring voice artists or maybe less experienced voice artists haven't thought of that they must realize that they're going to come across in the industry. Is there anything that you think that we should know about voice setting that maybe people won't have thought of? That it takes a lot of training. I, I get a lot of fans that ask, how do I get an audition? Or they say, hey, I'm, I've been doing this work, but a lot of people tell me my voice is cool. I want to be a voice actor. And that's cool. And all. a lot of people come to it through different ways, but everybody trains yeah. for it. You would, you know, just decide you're going to be a doctor and expect somebody to hire you. For- <laughs> that wouldn't go very well. Exactly. So um, I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that you really do have to study and study and study. And it never stops. I have a dialect coach that I work with a lot. And yeah, and so we're, we're constantly learning. Do you do quite a lot of accents as well? I do. Um, I do. I have had to do, you know, English and Russian and South African and Japanese and Chinese and Spanish, all sorts of different things. Wow, Australian. So yeah, it, it definitely helps <laughs> to have a coach and make sure you're not just wishy-washy all over the place. Yeah, I mean, and how do you practice those accents? Do you do it with your coach or do you have to kind of speak to natives and I usually do it with my coach but he's was born in France lived in London moved to America he's the the guy that literally if you point to a, a location on a map on the globe he can probably do that accent it's wow, the craziest wow. thing his name is JB Blanc he's also a voice actor that works all the time he's amazing cool you know I'm gonna ask you to do your English accent now no 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 <laughs> it and I feel like I'm gonna suck oh go on please there's so much pressure actually <laughs> That was awesome. Oh, I just I love it when people switch like that, you know. So if you if you weren't a voice actor, what would you be? You know, I before I ever happened upon theater and realized that acting was something that I was passionate about, I thought I wanted to be a biologist. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, my main focus in school was science, and then once I realized theater was an option, then that that became my my focus. But I feel like. I am incredibly bad at paperwork. I am a horrible procrastinator. So probably realistically, a science field would be just the worst for me. Uh, Laura, where's all these reports? Oh. <laughs> exactly. Uh. Uh, ooh. So probably something creative. Uh, I love I love design. I love uh, interior design. So maybe something with that. I don't know. I can't even picture my life if I wasn't a voice actor. I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things, isn't it? Once you've flourished in a career that you love, you just go, I don't want to imagine myself doing anything. Right. And I've been doing it since before college. So I haven't really experienced many other jobs. Do you have any horror stories from the beginning? Like when you're first starting out, like any kind of weird gigs or anything that (laughs) kind of sticks out as like, I can't believe I did that. What did I do? Oh man, you know, I started in anime, so there's a there's quite a few questionable projects, I'm sure. There's there's been a couple where I did it and then, you know, fans will take that and like take a little section of it and makes it it makes it seem very like sexual the performance that I did or something I didn't realize, so that always sucks. 
But yeah, I'm for the most part, I'm I'm pretty proud of everything that I've done for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, you're thinking of something, aren't you? You won't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, I mean when I started, you know, I was doing independent films as well. So some of those movies are just the worst things you've ever seen. And I'm sure most actors have that as well on their resume, like terrible horror movie number seven. But <laughs> yeah. um embarrassing but, student film. Oh, short film. <laughs> just hope will never, ever, ever be fully edited and never released to the public. And then it is. And then we. No, no. So, I mean, you say you you've had a lot of proud moments. Would you say there's the kind of one that's the proudest? Uh, you know, when I got cast as Black Widow, I was jumping up and down. Yeah. That was a pretty major moment because that was the first animated series that I had got cast on that I was, you know, a full cast member of a lead on the show and and that's something that we you know has been going for years and years now so it's a great thing to be a part of and a great thing to be a part of that marvel universe and you know i grew up all things nerdy so to get to to be a part of that is really 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 cool yeah it must have been awesome i assume you're a bit of a marvel fan before then yeah i was and again that's another situation you know troy plays hawkeye in that travis my husband got cast as thor in that and um we a lot of other really good friends on the show, and so it was even more exciting because I knew I'd get to be in a room with all my friends every week. So that's really great. I have to ask if it's not too personal a question. What's it like being in a marriage where you're both voice artists? Is it great because you both understand the craziness of what you're both doing? Yeah, uh, we honestly, I have such a hard time keeping track of everything he does. And the same, we'll wake up in the morning and just kind of go, what, what, what are you working on today? <laughs> this evening. And then we get every once in a while, we'll get projects that we're cast in together and we'll literally get to drive to work together and record all day together and come home. And it's just crazy. We both worked on uh halo five as well, which will be coming out in October. Oh, cool. So yeah, we both are playing Spartans in that. And again, they didn't even know that we were married when we both got cast and we just completely lucked out the first day we both showed up on set and we're like holding hands. They were so confused. <laughs> like, awesome. How do you know each other? Are you serious? <laughs> do you like fist bump on the way home? Like, yeah, we totally were Spartans today. <laughs> <laughs> we're so Spartans. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. What's the coolest project you've both worked on together? Is it Halo 5? Uh, Halo 5 is pretty freaking cool. That's pretty awesome. I'll go with that, sure. Yeah, yeah why not? This is probably the why most not? recent awesomeness going on. <laughs> I know. Uh, and what's great about that, my face is actually on my Spartan. So Olympia Vale looks like me. So it's my face coming out of awesome Spartan armor, which is really, really gratifying, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. There's going to be so many nerd moments now. Have you got any less to tick off? <laughs> oh, there's always more nerd moments to... Yeah. Well, what kind of what kind of nerd moments are you waiting for? Well, okay. So we work on this show. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it. It's called Critical Role. Yes. Yeah. From Geek and Sundry. Yeah. It's on Geek and Sundry. It's a Dungeons and Dragons game that we film um, with a bunch of other voice actors. So ultimate dream would be an animated series or a video game of our party. And since we're all voice actors, that could happen, right? That should happen. So, yeah, that, Why has that, that not happened? Right. I don't know. <laughs> That's something that we should make happen. <laughs> oh, it would be so exciting. Yeah, because uh, is it Ashley Johnson who works on that with you as well? Yeah, yeah. Ashley Johnson, Liam O'Brien, 
Matthew Mercer, oh. Sam Regal, all these amazing people. So yeah, incredible group. It definitely would be an awesome TV series as an animation yeah. series. You know, <laughs> we'll get that uh, that paperwork started. It'll happen. Oh yeah, we're not on you for the paperwork, of course. Or right. after you saying how reliable you were with paperwork. Oh man, you're right. <laughs> I'll make somebody. I'll make sure somebody starts on that paperwork. It, won't be. Yeah. it was going to happen, right? Didn't Laura fill in the forms? Oh dang it! <laughs> and it all falls apart. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we've spoken about Halo Five. We've spoken about sales from the Borderlands and a few other things. Can you tell us what you're working on at the moment? On top of that? Oh. You know, I don't think I can. <gasps> top secret. I don't, they are top secret. There's a few really exciting things that will probably be announced at the end of this year, and I'm not allowed to say them yet. That's one of the most frustrating parts of being a voice actor, right? Where you're just like, I just is, can't tell anyone yet. It is so hard. It is so hard to not be able to say the things. You find yourself would, kind of going, oh, yeah, because when I – oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. She just got cast on a amazing series, and it's a, an amazing part. And uh, I was like, when will you get to say anything about it? And she goes, oh, probably in a year and a half, maybe oh, two years. And it's Jeez. painful to sit on something for that long. Oh, my God. That long yeah. would be horrendous. Yeah. Especially when you've got other people going, oh, I can't wait for this game. It's going to be amazing. And you're there like, oh. I know. It's so hard, you know. Some of these projects that I can't talk about, I've been filming for a year, year and a half now. So I'll be very happy when I can finally say that I'm in them. That's crazy. Just waiting. I can't even imagine waiting over a year. <laughs> Never mind two years. I can't even yeah. imagine waiting a few months, you know, when you right? <laughs> yeah, go out of the studio and be like, ah, oh, come know. on. <laughs> just one little hint. Let me give it. Yeah. Do you, do you tease people with the knowledge? No, I try not to because then it's too tempting to keep giving more. I'm just happy so, yeah. to talk about Halo. We had that one as a secret for a very long time. Oh, that must feel so good now, now that it's yeah. open. It really does. Did you kind of like when, as soon as it came out, and just be like, right, I'm telling loads of people now I can tell people. <laughs> I did. I Well, it came out, they, they put the trailer out, and um, fans uh, knew right away. They were like, wait a minute, I recognize that voice, and... Um, I had a bunch of people asking if it was me in the trailer, and uh, oh, that's and so, so nice. Yeah, so I got I asked three four three. I asked Microsoft if I was allowed to say that it was me, and they said yes, you can confirm it. So I made sure to confirm it on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, hey. <laughs> it's that moment, isn't it, where you're like, I'm still not sure. Can I, can I tell them? Can I please? Can I, please? <laughs> because a lot of times it'll come out in the trailer, and you'll ask, "Am I allowed to say?" Because I'm asking. People are asking if it's me, and they'll say, no, you can't confirm that it's you still. So, yeah, you just have to keep your mouth shut. Even though people are pretty sure it's you, you can't you can't give a nod of approval. Yeah, I mean, you know, people like yourself have such an iconic voice. You know, as fans and other voice artists, we know, but even can't <laughs> confirm it. And we're like, but we know it's you. Just tell us. No, nope, So are you heading to any events this year? Oh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to PAX Prime next Next week? Yeah. Awesome. So that'll be fun. We're doing a couple events for uh, Tales from the Borderlands. We're doing a live crowd play of episode four, which would be really fun. Yes. And uh, and we're doing one other convention in uh, Southern California called SAC Anime. Um, And then I think that's it for a while. There's some stuff in the works, so hopefully hopefully it'll it'll happen. Okay. Well, an important question from us Brits. 
when are you next coming to the UK? Oh, as soon as I'm invited, I would love to come come back yeah? there. When's yeah. the last time you came over here? It's been, it's been a few years. Wow, really? Years. I think MCM was the last one I went to out there. Maybe, was that last year? That was, no, it was like two years ago. I can't remember now. I, I haven't been to an MCM yet, actually. Well, now you know you need to go. No, I do, yeah. Well, <laughs> you go and I'll go. How about that? All right, sounds good. I'll let you know. <laughs> So I won't go for like 10 years now, right? Oh, no, no. <laughs> what else lies in the future for you now? We've kind of covered NDA stuff and we've covered events. Is there anything else that you can tell us about? Uh, just more critical role, filming that every single week. Very, very excited about big stuff and the works for that show. And it's playtime and so much fun. And I'm just so glad that we get to play Dungeons and Dragons for what? what is life? What is life? And I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons every week, and people are watching it. That's awesome. That's what it's it is. It's just crazy. Do you must wake up every day now and just be like, seriously? Really? I get to do this? Seriously? For real? Yeah. I just I just shot a series with Will Wheaton. Um, the Oh, actually, it's called Titan's Grave, and it's another RPG show in the vein of his tabletop show, but it follows one campaign for a whole season. Okay, cool. Uh, and it's it's super fun, but the whole time I was filming it, I was just sitting across the table from Will Wheaton going, what is happening? <laughs> I'm playing a game with Will Wheaton for work. What? And <laughs> This is my life. This is my life. So that just uh, got announced that it's going on to uh, season two. So we should start filming that in a few months, maybe. Well, congratulations fun. for season two. Yeah. Now, I have one fun question to finish off with before we go. Okay. If you could sit down and have a drink with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Oh, my goodness. You can pick three if you get stuck. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is a hard question, dude. Well, you know, I pride myself in, in being a good interviewer. Oh, my gosh. Whether hard questions count as you being good or not is another question. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh, my gosh. Roberta Williams. Okay, cool. Jane Austen. <laughs> Wow. Oh, I. this is so hard because I know the minute we stop talking, I'm going to think of 10 more people that I should have said. <laughs> Let's stick with that for now. And, the and then why? I'm going to like text you 100 more. Huh? And the why? Oh, just because they've shaped so much. Roberta Williams, because she shaped my entire life with what she did uh, for video games. Yeah. And Jane Austen, because she's freaking i bet she was one of the coolest freaking chicks around i bet she was like the only cool chick around by the sounds of it like honestly probably and i pretty much want to be able to wear one of those regency dresses and sit down for tea with her just because i want to wear a cool costume yeah that would be cool and we can always have an appendix on the interview underneath where i'd say and i received a message from laura shortly after the interview and this is her full <laughs> list of people she'd love to sit down and drink i like it i like it <laughs> Well, that's all the questions I have. Thank you so much, Laura. It's been awesome having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. And hopefully we can catch up again in the future sometime. Oh, you know it. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks again <laughs> and take care. Bye-bye. All right, you too.